Thank you very much and welcome back to Race Industry Week 2023. In our next session, we're going to bring Greg Gill from SRO. Uh, and again, you know, we mentioned to you earlier that we are not only live on Zoom this year, but also on YouTube, on the ePortrait YouTube channel, Racer YouTube channel, SpeedSport YouTube channel. We are live on Racer.com, on SpeedSport.com, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you're watching us today from any of those sites, please share the links with your friends. Uh, we make this program free of charge for all the attendees. A big thank you to our sponsor for uh, basically covering the production cost of this event. And that allows us to, you know, be able to reach a, a, an audience that's absolutely worldwide. So thank we you very much. We have such a great list of sponsors here. They are all deeply inbred in hardcore racing. So I'm proud of each and every one of them. Yeah, and let's take a second uh, to thank ETS Racing Fuel, Fifth Third Bank Motorsport, Peak, Penske Racing Shark, Scott Lewis and Associates, Total Seal Piston Rings, ARP, Performance Plus Global Logistics, and Shop Monkey. So we had a very busy uh, start of the day. We had an extremely busy day yesterday. Jim Roller is back with us as a host. He hosted a few sessions yesterday. He's going to be hosting SRO next. And uh, we should be bringing Greg any second. I think Jim is with us. Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. But uh, somebody has my uh, video feed shut off. So uh there you go there we are i had a bit of a panic with my background this morning it uh the the zoom feed came up without the background so i had to uh had to do some quick fixes good morning hey greg how are you i'm awesome jim how about yourself very well good to see you again great to be here thank you well and uh welcome to uh the uh race industry week uh, it has been an outstanding season for SRO. Um, for those that may not be familiar with, with SRO, you're part of the uh, uh, Stefan Rattel Organization Group. They conduct events over five continents. Uh, and you cover, uh, there isn't, a, it'd probably be uh, easier to tell the folks the GT categories you don't cover than the GT categories you do, because I think you do cover them all. In America, of course, there's GT3, GT4, and touring cars are represented. Uh, and you have, uh, I think if my count is correct, um, five series running in America. Did I count that, that correctly? That is correct. So that would be the uh, the Fanatec GT World Challenge America, GT America powered by AWS. Those are GT3 uh, platform series. GT4 uh, is represented by the Pirelli GT4 America series. Touring cars are TC America, powered by Skip Barber. And of course, the Toyota One Make series, uh, GR Cup North America, which uh, uh, we at Speedsport got involved with this year and and really enjoyed that. And and I, for one, have really enjoyed watching your races this year on, on our new platform, Speedsport One. So, um, Tell us a little bit about 2023. Uh, were, were goals met? Was everybody happy? 
Well, in motorsports, you can't keep everybody happy, but we did have a really good year. Uh, we just came back from our uh, corporate gala in, in London, uh, where we were able to celebrate uh, all of our championships around the world. Like you pointed out, Jim, we do race on four continents, uh, so we are not in Antarctica, just for those that are concerned about that, uh, or in South America, but uh, we hope to rectify South America soon. But uh, it was a very good year for us, a good year of growth. We go into our 35th year in 2024, and uh, our goal remains the same, just to provide the best GT racing in the world, and we're acknowledged as that leadership. Now, when you um, combine your efforts with this vast international organization, uh, what kind of, of, of marketing horsepower does that give uh, SRO America as a, as a functioning sanctioning body? So that's an interesting question. I think the the horsepower in terms of the media and the reach, uh, we were one of the early people that moved away uh, from traditional broadcast models. Uh, we've always had partnerships with whether it was CBS or NBC, but early on we started going into, and I'm not kidding, I think when we first started live streaming, there was actually dial-up sounds uh, when you first uh, worked with us. So uh, as an early adopter of that, it was a real helpful thing for us. And then we pushed more and more with YouTube. You mentioned, and, and Francisco mentioned earlier, all the different platforms available to watch this particular trade show on. Uh, we've mirrored the same thing. And out of that, uh, that's put our impressions into the billions. Uh, and because we race around the world, uh, we find things I, I noticed, you know, in the days of traditional media, we might see uh, a live stream having 100,000 viewers and be very happy. Uh, and I noticed a few years ago, our Circuit of America's broadcast was uh, almost a million. And I started looking where the, you know, the viewers were coming from, and they were coming from Asia. Uh, and there was a yeah. tremendous in interest in that pre-pandemic, and then it's only grown post-pandemic. Uh, so that's, you know, that that is a it, the global reach. But at the end of the day, Stefan Rattel is kind of famous for saying to our VP of Operations, Brian Hughes, that, uh, Greg, Brian, I want you to think globally, but act locally. Uh, I want an American accent in your race control. Uh, you're in North America. It's important to race in North America. Make sure that, you know, we are dominating and building something appropriate in that is for the North American market. And so that's really been our goal for the last few years. And uh, we feel that we really do have that now of a very much uh, we're all North American people, and we love our country. We love what we do. Love being part of a global organization, but our focus is right here in the states. Uh, to that end, the 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 five championships that you have here uh, in in the states, you run at some of the most iconic venues. Uh, this year, wrapping your season up at, at Indianapolis doesn't get doesn't get any better than that, I suppose. Sure. Um, how um, how are the series growing? Uh, are you happy with the subscription rate of, uh, and I'm not talking about uh, on your YouTube channel, but on your, uh, of your grids and, and, and that sort of stuff. You know, that's a, a, a thing that we really obviously build our business on is the strength of entries. Uh, we were up in 2023. We were thankful for that. Uh, you mentioned GR Cup as a foundation. That was something we were very concerned with. Just everybody migrate out of our touring car class and go to GR Cup because mm -hmm. Uh, it looked to be so exciting, single-make racing, and it really was a wonderful inaugural season. What was great about that, and we really thank our friends at Toyota, because early on when they first approached us and said, hey, we have this concept, we're going to talk to a lot of different sanctioned organizations, would you like to you know, consider being part of it? And, and I immediately raised my hand and said, yes, because what you're doing is trying to add new people to the sport. 
uh, this is going to be great for everybody. I hope we get the contract and get to work with you, but no matter what, this is great for the business and, and for all of us in sports car, really, and ultimately in motorsports. And we can really be uh, thankful for Toyota for all of us uh, to uh, uh, do that. And I think that's one of those real uh, neat areas that brought a new grid in and consequently also brought people into different classes. After one year with GR Cup, they moved up to Touring Car into our TCX class. They moved up into GT4. So we saw just good growth and it looks like another year of good growth uh, for us across all classes in 2024. Seeing that one question raised about, will we go back to Ozarks? You betcha. Uh, they uh, they worked on getting their circuit homologation and we should you know have that in the coming weeks. And uh, it's something that we're looking at. What is the best fit to do? They built such a great facility and not only a great track in a really cool location. Uh, we want to find the right fit of our classes and cars to be there, but definitely interested in going back to OIR. That's that's great, Chad. Uh, uh, Ch you and you and Chad were were one step ahead of me on that one because that was going to be my next question. Is how about uh, we'll let uh, you schedule? answer the question. Any, Ask any, the questions, Jim, from now on. Yeah, Sorry. any any <laughs> any, uh, any looks towards expansion of the schedule? Yes, you know we'll have some meetings at PRI next week to discuss with various tracks great. where the next time you are. You know, uh, right now is a great time in, in North American motorsports. And I don't think there's an unhealthy series out there. Everybody has seen growth and expansion, and we're all very thankful for that. But with that embarrassment of riches is a need to, there's only so many hours in a day. How can you get more cars, more series into your weekend? It means you're going to have to expand the calendar a little bit, uh, move some series around, do some things that really reflect the market's right. Uh, OIR being a good example. What's the right cars? What's the right combination? It is ideally set up as a place for a festival, as is Lime Rock. Um, mm -hmm. You know, places that we haven't been to for a while, we look forward to going back to. Yeah, Lime Rock is one of those places that uh, just suit is just suited to to GT cars, isn't it? I mean, it's just uh, the, the 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 prototypes get to be a little bit faster around there, but the GT cars. Uh, really do put on a heck of a show with a little bull ring. Absolutely. Um, the one of the big uh, news items uh, breaking late in the season for for the parent company was the the addition of the Nurburgring to uh, the um, Intercontinental, Intercontinental GT Challenge Series. So now it's going to be Bathurst, the Crowd Strike, twenty-four hours of Spa, the Indianapolis eight hours, which is which is the uh, season finale for your regular American competitors. Now they're going to have uh, uh, the Nurburgring as part of that. When you have an international series like that, does it? I, I, and I ask this question because I can remember my days with the American Le Mans series, and when as as the European Le Mans series and the Asian Le Mans series came on board, we started to see at some of our events some some competitor crossover. Can American fans expect to see some some of that crossover, especially when you have these great foundation events to, like I just listed? Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned the CrowdStrike 24 Hours of Spa. A few years ago, uh, 2018, uh, SRO Global invited us over and we went as a team and visited. And, you know, I really recommend if, you know, if you're going to, if oh. you're going to attend any of the global uh, GT races, you know, certainly Bathurst, Nürburgring, Le Mans, uh, but Spa is special because it's GT cars only, 70 plus of them, an amazing 
really almost 10 day experience. And our first goal, Jim, honestly, was to get American competitors going to those venues mm -hmm. uh, because there really was a, oh, I've known about that. I've heard about it. But uh, was it, it was it easy to be part of? And now it is. Now we have customers who are considering racing at Bathurst uh, in February next year. Uh, Nürburgring obviously has special licensing. That makes it a little bit more yeah. um, challenging for teams to get there. But in turn of, of saying more people coming to the NDA hour, yeah, absolutely from that. And I think the fans can expect to see more names. Uh, we keep pushing Valentino Rossi because he's had such a oh. fan base in Europe and we know he'd be huge at Indy. Uh, we hope he'll finish the season with us, but it remains to be seen if that happens. But for sure, you're going to see more European drivers and teams entering uh, Indianapolis and when we were just in London, uh, several raised their hand and pulled us aside and said, you know, we want to we want to make sure you're counting on us for Indy next year. That's outstanding. And certainly with with the addition of the Nürburgring, they've they've pulled together a, a Mount Rushmore, certainly of, of venues, yeah. haven't they? That's 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 yeah. outstanding. Now, one of the things that's an advantage uh, and it's this is kind of uh, in answer, I hope, to one of the questions that we've gotten in the chat from Phil Nellis is one of the advantages of the GT3 and GT4 platforms is there there is standardization through the FIA rules, are, are there not? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, one of the things that SRL is really proud of is that in the early days of GT racing, when it really wasn't clearly defined, uh, GT1 has sure. come and gone. And, you know, again, from your experience, you know what I'm talking about. And Stefan Rattel and another gentleman were flying back from an event and they were thinking, man, we've got to get more people engaged and we need to stop the, you know, the the factory wars that are just keep making this absolutely unapproachable budget wise. You know, what can we do for standard GT cars? And thus GT3 was born with the FIA, you know, in complete control of it us and us obviously working in support of it. Uh, GT4 is something that we actually uh, created ourselves. Uh, and, uh, that's right. and it's on our rule set uh, and our balance of performance. And now it's licensed around the world in a lot of categories. It does make it much easier. Obviously, I came of age in build it in your garage, make it better than everybody else, keep it within the rule set as creatively as possible uh, and try to go win on the weekend. Uh, in the world, as it's changed so much today, a homologated race car is actually a better solution. Uh, and again, I support building um, the shops and builders out there 100%. But what we found is for today's consumers who didn't have that level of time and energy, there was much more of a click and shop mentality. I want to buy a race car. I want everything to come with it. I want to know who I'm working with. Click. I'm ready to go. Uh, that's something that both GT3 and GT4 provide, granted at a price point, uh, but that's something that has really helped us grow. You mentioned racing's three-letter curse word, um, BOP. Um, Blame other people? Uh, yeah, <laughs> beat other people. There you go. Um, how much, and you, and you said earlier um, that uh, in Stefan's uh, philosophy that there is uh, there should be an American, like you say, Americans in race control and, and think locally. So I, I give it that background because how much guidance do you get from international BOP or are you totally on your own? Because a lot of times uh, the performance of a particular car, while it may be, you know, product A may be a little bit better than product B, but in the hands of the right team and the right uh, car. So how much, uh, uh, right driver, I mean, how much do you c 
control do you have over the BOP and how much guidance do you get? Well, I tell you what, uh, it is a global BOP, NGT3 and NGT4. However, what they do and what makes the global BOP applicable to a North American racetrack, and again, I'm in Austin, Texas, so you can talk about Circuit of the Americas, maybe not the best example because it really matches a lot of European design tracks, lots of runoff, things like that. Uh, you know, where do you slide Sebring in uh, as an example? Not a lot of other tracks in the rest of the world like Sebring, but we run with an ABCD track configuration. And with that, we nominate the tracks around the world in that configuration. From there, we pull just like any other group. We pull all the performance data, work with our engineers, work with the simulations, uh, and then work with actual track testing before the season starts to determine what's the best balance of performance. So when it comes down into the local market, to answer your question specifically, uh, we'll look at the cars that are enrolled. Because if you have an overdog or an underdog for that particular track, but they're not entered to race there, it could skew your results. Uh, two seasons ago, we had that happen with a Porsche Cayman uh, where they were just getting killed in our series and we just couldn't figure it out because their results around the world were pretty good. But it was just like you just had boat anchors down. And, and again, kudos to the NOLA sport team and others who were able to still really create. RS1 was another one that created you know championship level results. And yet it was clear that they were just fighting every weekend. At the end of the season, we looked at it and discovered that we were taking a couple of cars in Europe that were part of the championships there, and they were skewing our power to weight ratio, and they weren't in the North American championship. So when we do our BOP, we take that into account uh, that, oh, okay, well, this is what's happening in America. These are the cars. And we want to make sure that there's no outliers, either too fast or too slow, uh, that would then pull down the average and make it not successful. Uh, so that's why, again, we're licensed and using our BOP, not only in our own series, but DTM and others, because it's kind of proven to be the best around the world. The earlier you you talk about some possible uh, schedule announcements coming at PRI, which is always a, a good time for those kind of announcements. Earlier in the year, uh, there was a new five-year deal uh, uh, announced with Pirelli. Uh, are there are there any uh, uh, other things that that I may have missed during the during the well, year since October, or any any little hints you can give us before PRI can. of any any yes. new uh, sponsor announcements? Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll see, and I don't know if it'll be at PRI or not, but uh, we'll be announcing that uh, in the coming days that Fanatec has remained as our title sponsor globally. Uh, and I'm on my way over to visit them uh, actually tomorrow. Uh, but a great company, a great partner, and they've really, as we all recognize, esports are so pivotal to our base customers oh. these days and bringing people into motorsports. And so we're extremely pleased to have a great group of automotive enthusiasts like Fanatec continuing uh, to be the title sponsor of Fanatec GT World Challenge. So uh, that's something new coming on. And we didn't touch on, um, but early in the year, I think probably the end of August, early September before Pirelli, we announced the global partnership where Rova. Uh, there again is another great motorsports lubricant and consumer lubricant that they get motorsports. They sponsor teams, they're part of it, 
uh, early on, they met with our VP of marketing at SEMA and said, hey, we're coming, uh, you know, watch us over the next couple of years as we develop things. They don't have the American market where they want yet, but they are really pushing. And we were able to work with them first in North America and then expand to a global relationship. So uh, that's another one that we're really thankful for. But the Fanatec one is literally, you know, the last yeah. couple of weeks news. And uh, you'll hear more about that. And to clarify, um, although we will be meeting with some tracks, uh, our 2024 calendar is set. We're thinking 2025 now is what we're working on. Okay, well, good clarification on that because I I I misunderstood that you you were probably crystal clear, but I was the one. in my mind, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could almost do an industry race week on on the next topic I want to talk about, and that's sustainability because that is becoming uh, a motorsports watchword, for lack of a better term. Um, you started carbon reduction and offset in 2021. Uh, the organization uh, can proudly tout uh, an 85% um, carbon, 85% uh, towards carbon neutrality, I guess is the way to put it. Um, it, it you reached that in, in 2023. Uh, what are the goals going forward and, and what kind of steps could we see um, uh, ha happening, pardon me, happening in the United States? I know in Asia and Europe, there's 100% sustainable fuels. How long until some of that migrates to America? Well, first of all, how do you feel about bicycle racing, Jim? Uh, I no, love bicycle racing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to race. As fat as I am, I still love bicycle yeah, racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, the, you know, human powered is awesome, but we're going to continue to work with ice uh, and the alternative mm -hmm. fuels. You ask about, uh, it, it was something I'd like to note that it wasn't a political decision. Stefan Rattel was one of the earliest people that came to me saying, look, I'm seeing things where I live, different places I visit around the world that are impacted by the climate and I'm concerned and uh, I want to do this. And it was something that really impressed me because before, as a matter of fact, to this point, we still don't have like a corporate underwriter or someone who is saying, we want right. you to do this. It was strictly something that Stefan felt as a global businessman that he wanted to push. And then, of course, we got on board with Amazon and others who were part of the Climate Pledge, and we were the first motorsports organization to sign on with that. Uh, so yes, in the 2025, we anticipate having a fully uh, a green fuel. Uh, we're already, as you noted, doing it in Europe and Asia. Uh, it's just an issue on, on shipping and, and getting it into the States right. in the right way now. But VP Fuels uh, has got some great products in market, and we'll start testing those and working with them. And again, uh, it's something that the commitment will be there, uh, and we will get to complete carbon neutral. Uh, and the steps to that are as simple as all the basic things of, you know, not using single use plastics and working on biogradable. Mm -hmm. And then the tough thing is in North America for all of us who are in motorsports here. And like you say, let's not spend too much time on it. It's a large country and we're right. hauling things from one side of the country to the other. So we've really worked with that of saying, as we design the calendar, let's not zigzag our teams across the country three times. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some basic things that just add into it. Uh, can we combine things? And they're all things that we were already doing, but that from a global level, it added up. And, and we were very pleased to see the amount of, of you know, projects that we've invested in around the world uh, and here in North America as well, because we put our money into it here in North America. So we've made sure that we're investing in force right here in the States to make sure that we're, we're adding to the, the, the ability to have carbon neutrality. That's one of the, 
I think very overlooked things is the vast nature of the of our country, the size uh, of our geography, because yeah. we we are any time any in in racing any budgets uh, being put together, whether we're talking about sustainability or just putting the budget together for the year is travel is more for anyone who races in the United States than than probably two national series in Europe combined. I mean, it's just... Jim, you're spot on. You know it. You're speaking yeah. the truth because, you know, people ask me, how come it's twice as expensive to run an IMSA or you know, SRO America uh, as it is for me to run this series in Europe? And I'm like, well, seeing as I can drive across four countries <laughs> in less than a day, uh, that's why <laughs> it's quite, yeah. it's quite, I mean, yeah. I remember the first time I visited Mazzano, Italy, uh, and the person doing our BOP, Claude Sermont, commented, oh, he'd be going home that night. I'm like, but you live in Belgium. He's like, oh, it's seven oh, yeah. hours. Yeah, it wasn't any big deal. You drive for seven hours, you haven't left Texas yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in Austin, and I, I'll barely have cleared uh, Texarkana. Uh -huh. but... <laughs> yeah, the longest week of my life one day was traveling corner to corner in Tennessee. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You go east to west in Tennessee, same story, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm old enough to remember when the GT world was dominated by a, a, a three-letter series called BPR. Barth. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Barth, uh, Peter, and Rattel. And um, uh, I worked for a company at the time that had the video rights here in, here in America. And, and Jurgen is a longtime friend. So I was very close to that series. But, and I only bring that up because they were on the leading edge of gt racing uh, as you said it was a time when when it needed to be propped up and they were able to do that for various corporate reasons but they were able to push those corporate reasons to the benefit of gt racing how does this organization look uh we joked earlier about uh bicycle racing but what about electricity and of course the 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 gorilla in the room uh electric race cars well, you know, uh, it's the future and the future is now. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a class that we're working on. We've, uh, it's not something that's talked about a lot in North America right now, but uh, we have resurrected the Target Florio. Uh, and we will be running that in Thank 26. You. <laughs> I know, Sign that me cool? up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and it will be 100% alt fuel. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. And, and and our intention on that a few years ago, uh, Stefan had the vision for something called GTX and working with it and built on the original, uh, you know, much older than you and I, Grand Touring concept of, you know, and even Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you know, how, how long can it take to get this car to break down? And can you really get from Paris to Berlin with uh, mm -hmm. automobile? Uh, that right. was GT. And so with GTX, our intention is to, you know, to bring back that grand touring experience. So you'll see everything from hill climb to the actual race to uh, performance evaluations, everything at the Target Florian. And uh, we've gotten tremendous support from the, all of the OEs on it. Uh, and also in, you know, here in the States, Pratt & Miller and other of the racing engineering groups to support it as well. So uh, more details on that to come, but it's something that uh, it's, you know, on one hand, we can also talk about autonomous racing, which we've all heard about last week and uh, great news and what that'll look like for the future. Uh, I like what Stefan says that the last car ever driven will be a race car. Uh, so right. how, you got that how right. 
yeah, how it's <laughs> powered uh, and where that comes from is just part of what makes motorsports so exciting. Uh, how are you fueling it? And obviously now we're in the land of safety, uh, refueling, all of these issues that we're looking at today. Uh, there's some exciting things with hydrogen that are right on the edge. And we've seen already Le Mans making a little bit of a ACO, making a little bit of a delay on that. But I can tell you here in Texas, the, the technology exists, the performance is there. And I'm hoping, in, if not in 24, in 25, uh, you'll see some cars actually running uh, in a demonstrator level of the performance level uh, at a GT level uh, that are all fuel, be they hydrogen or electric. Well, we're we're almost out of time, and I didn't want to let you go before we uh, we talk about one one fun thing. I know that uh, uh, SRO America is is all about the racetrack, but there is if if you go to the uh, the 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 international SRO site, you see the look the total uh, total look rallies. When can we see a total look rally in America? And folks, what it is, you need to go to the website and check it out because it is, it's it's like a rally that is the uh, Goodwood Revival, where they pick a decade and all the cars and all the dress and all the music and uh, the whole feel of the event is from that decade. It's an absolutely outstanding lifestyle event. When might we see some of that here in the States? Well, I tell you, if I have my way like tomorrow morning, uh, because it is just so cool uh, and everybody who's participated just loves it. So we keep asking for it. And uh, I think in 26, you've got a good chance of seeing it uh, to see the decade breaks. We've been getting more, again, the same thing, more uh, American customers who've been going over it, either renting a car or shipping their cars over mm -hmm. for it. Uh, been really excited and uh, even now revisiting the 80s, which was the first one we did. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've done 60s, 70s, uh, 90s is coming up. So uh, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to continue to do that. And again, like you mentioned about, you know, knowing the original BPR group, uh, Stefan likes to note that the first race that he ever went to was a race that he organized. Uh, his background really was in creating, having fun with your cars, gumball yep. style things, et cetera, and then realizing it was much safer to do that uh, in, a, in a race course. And so uh, we haven't lost the desire to have fun uh, and to throw a good time. And uh, you'll see more of that coming over. Really appreciate the question. And Jim, everybody, thanks for letting me uh, join you today and uh, fit well, through the thanks. scheduling. <laughs> thanks for taking the time. And it was great to see you again, even if it was uh, through ones and zeros going over the wire. Good deal. We'll see you at PRI, hopefully, Jim. Thank you. All right, well, super. Thank th you. Th th thank you, Greg. And I want to publicly acknowledge how grateful and helpful you have been with us this week. You had to readjust your schedule to help us bring Rick Hendricks tomorrow. So we're very, very thankful for that. We're a big fan of SRO. And I also want to say another extra thank you to you because you built the foundation of the first annual Race Industry Week. You were one of the first one to be uh, joining us. And, uh, and we have been able to build this incredible line up in the last four years and and you were the part of the foundation of it greg so thank you thank, thank you, you thank you and you do a magnificent job with sro so we're delighted to have you on today thank you very much guys i wish you continued success and it's amazing to see what you've built uh you know we'll do anything for judy so uh it's something that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, most of the smart man. Smart yeah, man. yeah exactly <laughs> most you. of the industry knows that uh so that we'll you know we appreciate her leadership and guidance for so many years but uh uh on the same token appreciate what you've built and excited to see this line of speakers this year is 
incomparable. It's just amazing. And uh, so very happy to be part of it. Thank you all. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.